for self-righteousness. They were hungering for the praises of men. That's why when they fasted, they made sure that everybody and their mother knew that they were fasting. And Jesus taught his disciples, don't fast like that. Don't be like those hypocrites who make their faces all somber to make everybody know that they're fasting. But when you fast, do it in secret. And your father who sees you, we reward you. People who are self-righteous, they hunger for something, but they're hungering for the praises of men. But if you are to hunger for true righteousness, true righteousness can come from one source and one source only. And that is from the Lord our God. Now, righteousness is a huge word. It's a huge word. The Bible says that um, he who did... He who knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There's a doctrine called the imputation of Christ's righteousness. Where we don't believe simply that we are forgiven for sins. But that the Bible is teaching us that the righteousness. You see, in order for you to appear before God in heaven. Not only do you have to be sinless. But you have to have righteousness. You got to not only have avoided bad things. But you got to have lived with good things. To appear righteous. Good before the Lord our God. Hallelujah. And so the Bible teaches us this thing called imputed righteousness. The Bible says we have no righteousness of our own. There is none righteous. Not even one. All have gone astray. The Bible said Christ had true righteousness. And that righteousness becomes ours through faith in Christ. Right? So that righteousness, what is righteousness? It's such a big word, right? And I believe righteousness is this huge umbrella, right, like encompassing term. Righteousness, when, when people sometimes, uh, in the book of Romans, right, Paul talks about the argument of, is God unjust? And people begin to question God's righteousness. What are they really doing? They're questioning God's character. Or when dealing with the doctrine of predestination, where we looked at uh, the, doctr- the doctrines of grace, the doctrines of election a few weeks ago. And one of the biggest problems that people have in digesting and accepting the doctrines of grace is they have questions about God's character, God's righteousness. And so in the book of Romans, Paul talks about that. Right? Righteousness involves, it includes God's character. It includes also the words of God, right? Because the words of God represent who he is. The righteousness of God can be best summed up as who, uh, who God is, right? The righteousness of God. Hallelujah. So if you seek, in the, in, in the original passage here, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, that does not mean those who hunger and thirst for morality, Because that's what a lot of us are thinking. We think righteousness is morality. Righteousness is purity. Okay. But righteousness is far more than that, brothers and sisters. The word of God, hallelujah. Now, no one is following right now. Hallelujah. Matthew 6.33, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? And his righteousness. Hallelujah. See, the righteousness of God is more than just morality. The righteousness of God is who he is. It's his character. 
It's his word. It's his, his, his presence. It's just everything about who God is. That is his righteousness. Hallelujah. So when we seek the righteousness of God, we're not just think, seeking the, the rules of God or just the regulations and the commandments of God. We're seeking, hallelujah, we're seeking his, his presence, his goodness, his love, his character to be established. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek after who he is. Seek after what his, he's all about. Look at his word. If you seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness and his word and his rule and his ways, his love, his character. If you seek these things first, Jesus said, he'll add all your physical needs. For his eye is also upon the sparrow. And hallelujah. I mean, we, uh, my wife and I, we watched Planet Earth, that Blu-ray, on Blu-ray. It's beautiful. It's, if you get any Blu-ray uh, uh, disc, this, this is the set to get. It's kind of expensive, but hallelujah. I got it on Amazon. that had it on like 30% sale. Uh, don't buy it here in Korea. It's like t- double the price. But we're watching this thing, and it's amazing. The, the the kinds of footage that, I don't know, these men were able to capture. These British men, they were so committed to capturing some of the most crazy footage that you will never see. I mean, when's the last time you've been to Antarctica and waited for one month? But these men, they would, they've stationed these cameras in, in, in Antarctica for like three months just to see penguins huddle around in this huge group and stay there for three months. And they taped this footage. I was amazed. Hallelujah. And then afterwards, uh, what happens is the, the, the female penguins lay the eggs. Then they take care of it for a little while. And then the male penguins come over and then they take the eggs into their little pouches underneath their feet. And then the male penguins, they huddle around and they stay in the Antarctic throughout the winter months. And then the mamas, they crawl on their belly and they, and they kind of like go away. And then they, they eat. They go to find food, actually. It's a partnership. Hallelujah. And then the, the men, they starve there for like months. And they just freeze. It's, it's really poor thing. Little, little penguins and they're, they're, all the men are just like huddled together. Like a thousand of them. And they're just freezing. And they can't eat because they have to care of the baby. And then at the end of the winter months, uh, they're just so hungry. They're about, like their penguins are about to fall over. And then all of a sudden the music changes. And then in the horizon are all these mama penguins <laughs> coming on their bellies. And they're just like coming in and they're all fat. <laughs> and then they come and they, they regurgitate some of the food and they start feeding the daddies and then feeding the babies. It's beautiful. Hallelujah. Well, how did I get off on that? All right. Yeah. Hallelujah. The Bible is saying that his eye is on the sparrow. His eye is also on those penguins. Hallelujah. Not many of those penguins, they, just, they, they don't just die. God takes care of them. You know, he takes care of them. And he says if, if he takes care of these little penguins and sparrows and the, even the flowers of the field, even Solomon and all of his riches was not dressed like these flowers that you see. How much more will he take care of you? How much more will he take care of you? Right? But a lot of times the problem why people hit poverty. And I really believe the word of God where it says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or, the, or his seed begging for bread. I really stand on that word and that promise. Which, which, hallelujah, which means the people who are on the streets who are homeless, who are living in poverty, 
I don't believe that they got there because they were obedient to God. I believe that they got there because they took matters into their own hands. Because they tried to do things their way. And they did not seek God first. You see, when I, when I see, hallelujah, and you know, um, hallelujah, praise the Lord that God still, he doesn't say, you know, I told you to seek me first. So look what happens. And now you're on the street, right? That's not how he talks to the poor. Hallelujah, right? I mean, he's, he's compassionate. Right? He reaches out to the poor. Right? When we go to the Philippines and India, right, some of the most impoverished people in the, all the world, they live in the Philippines and in India. Uh, some of the worst poverty you'll ever see is, is probably in India. Right? Calcutta is not just the only city that's poor like that. Last time I was there, I mean, we had the orphanage, and right next to the orphanage, there was tents. And they were like nasty tents. And they were all filled with smoke inside. And they were cooking and stuff. And whole families with like three, four children, they were living in these tents. And they had no running water. And they would have to like, I don't know where they got the water. but And that's how they lived. These tents, it was so dirty. And, and my brother Danny and I, we, we, we were moved by the Lord to just go out and reach out to them with the gospel. And we started handing out tracts and we started talking to them. And... Uh, and we had one of the orphan children come and then they translated for us. And, and, and hallelujah, I saw their hands and their hands were all dirty. And their whole, whole, they, were, they, didn't, they didn't take a bath in how long, you know. And I offered to pray with them. So they, they, they were listening to us, but then they were, they were just like, well, well, can you help me out? And they saw how, I, how nice I look. I look like, a, I guess, nice Korean or whatever, American, whatever. And they were like, can you help me out? They, were, they didn't care about the gods. They wanted me to help them out, you know. And so, you know, I did what I could, uh, you know, but uh, I was trying to really get the gospel to them. And, and I offered to pray with them. I held his hand. I just I kind of prayed with them. And, and, you know, the guy was moved and tears kind of fell from his eyes. And, and he was touched uh, by the living God. Because our God, he has, he has, his heart goes out to the poor. Right. But hallelujah. But I really believe that the righteous are never forsaken. The righteous are never forsaken. There is not... There is not a, a, a man in the Bible who seeks God's kingdom first and ends up begging on the streets. God always provides for that man. If you seek his kingdom first, Jesus is promising, all these things will be added unto you. You will be blessed to be a blessing. You will never have lack. You may come through a time of need, but I will always provide. You will come through times of need. You will also come through times of prosperity and abundance. But whether in need or in prosperity, you got to give thanks to the Lord our God because he is our provider. Hallelujah. And even our brother Job, right? Job, he had wealth and riches and then all that was taken away from him, including his family members, including his health. He said, naked I come into the world, naked I will depart. May the name of the Lord be praised. That's the kind of attitude that I was looking for. There was a man who saw God's kingdom first. Hallelujah. At the end of the book of Job, a lot of people missed the fact that he had double the blessing as when he began. God actually provided with him double the family, double the wealth. Hallelujah. Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Hallelujah. So there is this beautiful promise and it's all locked in to what? To righteousness. To seeking God's righteousness.
And going back to our original passage, the Bible, Jesus is saying, blessed are those who hunger for righteousness, who hunger for the living God. Hallelujah. You know, the reason why you are not filled is not because God is not willing to fill you. The problem does not lie with God. The problem lies with your hunger. You have little to no hunger. And you do not seek the living God. You do not go after him. You do not treasure him. You do not praise him like you ought. And therefore, you live in the poverty of your spirituality. All right, let's go to um, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Deuteronomy is the fifth book in the Bible. Hallelujah. And Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, it says, And God humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says something interesting here. It says here, he caused you. He, in this version, it says, he let you hunger. In the NIV, it says, he caused you to hunger. And hallelujah, you know what? God's doing the same thing today with people. He desires to pour out his spirit. He desires to pour out his blessing. He desires to equip you with spiritual gifts. He desires to equip you with the anointing. He desires to pour out and fill you and satisfy you in every way. He desires to do that. But he's got to see the hunger. He's got to see the hunger. Hallelujah. I mean, God, God is God. And think of it like this. Hallelujah. God is like the iron chef. All right. My wife and I, we were in New York City a few months ago. And my cousin works at the Morimoto's uh, restaurant in New York City. He's like one of the managers. So, you know, we went in. And my cousin was like, welcome to Morimoto's. How are you doing tonight? And I was like, what's up, cousin? What's up, man? <laughs> he's like, all right, let me show you to your seat. And, he, and we sat down. He's like, he's like, look, you just choose a couple of things, but don't choose too much. I'm going to bring out the rest. So, you know, we just chose a couple of menus and items. Uh, and I would have chose less menus on the item if I knew that he would bring out so much food. But pretty much at that restaurant, it's all about the appetizers. All right. So he brought out like 10 appetizers. Must have been like $700 worth of food. He just brought it all out one after the other. All right. And this is like stuff that Iron Chef, you know, he's a Japanese um, uh, uh, food network. kind of. He, he has his own show where he makes food with a quickness. And it's good, too. It looks good. And hallelujah. And, and hallelujah, we loved the food. It looked great. It tasted great. It was really amazing. And it was even more amazing because we didn't have to pay for it. It was all free. Hallelujah. My cousin hooked it up. Now, I'm a, God's kind of like the Iron Chef. Right? Let's say Iron Chef was there that night. Right? And let's say I came in knowing that I'm supposed to eat that night at, at Morimoto's. And I come in and I'm stuffed myself. With like $2 pretzels. Just like I stuffed myself. And I come up to Iron Chef. And I'm, I'm like, what you got, man? 
What you got? And I have no hunger. And I have no desire to eat what he's about to give me. And what do you think Iron Chef will do? He will say, Sayonara or whatever. Get out of my restaurant, you know? Come in here with that kind of attitude. You know who I am? I'm the Iron Chef. Everything I serve up is good. It looks good. It tastes good. It's nourishing. It's healthy. You better ask somebody, get out of my restaurant. Come in here all filled with all these pretzels. Right? I mean, like, if I came in with that kind of attitude, he'll kick me out. He would, he would not, he would not desire to really fill me. He would not desire to serve me and, and give me this nutritious food and this delicious food. Well, it's the same way with God. We come before God and we stuff ourselves with all the things of the world. And we put everything else first except God. We put even Relationships with people first. Relationships with our parents. Relationship with the dating partner. We just put all everything else first. And we find ourselves filled. And we, we go, man, can you pray for me, man? I just, I just don't read the word of God these days. I just don't want to. I just, I sit there, I read it. And I don't, I don't even want to read it. It just feels like so dry. And, and there are periods where we come through dry times when you just got to keep reading. But you know, this, this is like a regular pattern. It just, you can't break it. And you're just like, yeah, pray for me, brother. And, the, and, uh, and what we need, we need to say to that brother is, that, brother, the reason why you don't have a desire to read the word of God is because you're filled, you're full. You're filled with everything else except the things of God. You've walked into God's restaurant and you're like, show me what you got. But you came in filled with all these pretzels. You came in filled with, with cheap kimbap. <laughs> and cheap like... One week old kimbap. Don't you ever eat kimbap that's two, more than two days old. I learned the hard way. Kimbap goes bad real fast. Hallelujah. I remember as a kid though, I used to eat my mom's kimbap for like a whole week. And I was alright. Anyway, hallelujah. I used to love kimbap by the way as a kid. My mom make it like once a year. And I'd just be like, yeah, kimbap. And we eat kimbap like every day of the week. Now I'm just like, kimbap chungkook everywhere. <laughs> So sick of kimbap. And don't you ever walk into the house of God filled with all these other things of the world and then just ask God, Lord, God, what you got? Show me what you got. That's the wrong attitude. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who make it a priority to hunger for God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first, seek first his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Seek first his righteousness. Hallelujah. That's what needs to happen, brothers and sisters. When we come before God. Maybe, maybe if you haven't been putting God first. And you haven't been seeking the things of God first. And you have numbed yourself because you're so filled with the things of the world. The pleasures of the world. The worries of this world. You're so filled that you are numb. You don't feel a hunger for God. That maybe it's time just to repent. Confess to the Lord. Admit to God. God, this is where I'm at. But God, this is not where I want to stay, Lord. Lord, change my heart. Lord, put a hunger in me, God. Put a hunger in me because no matter what I do, that hunger is not there. Lord, you fill me with that hunger. Reprioritize my life. Displace me from the throne and you sit on that throne. Fill me with your spirit. Hallelujah, which is huge key. If you, if you are lacking a hunger for God, 
probably because you're not filled with the Spirit of God. If you are filled with the Spirit of God, then you're going to walk in the things of God. And then you're going to be led by the Spirit of God. When you're led by the Spirit of God, hallelujah, brothers and sisters, believe me, your hunger. Every day when you wake up, do you, want, do, you, or do you worry that you're going to get hungry for food? No, right? Every day you wake up, you know you, you, I'm, I'm hungry. Some people aren't, don't even feel hungry and they say, I'm hungry. All right, we're on missions, it, it happens, right? People just wake up. How come we didn't get breakfast today on time? You know, and people just like, because some people just need to eat. But you never worry about your physical hunger being renewed each day, right? Why? Because your body is continually being replenished. And it needs that food to continue on. But your spirit man operates in the same principles, brothers and sisters. Your spirit man continually needs to be fed the word of God. That's why it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. God calls you to hunger. To humble you. And to teach you what? To teach you what? That man does not live by physical food alone. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hallelujah. He causes you to hunger. Why? To teach you. To teach you what? That you need to hunger for the living God. That you need to live on his word. Hallelujah. So my question today, once again. Are you hungering for God? Are you hungry for God? Are you hungry for God? Don't keep walking into the house of God. Desensitized and numb and wondering, where is God? God touched my heart. How come all these other people, they're on fire? Lord, do some of that in my life. But the rest of the week, God's just on the back burner. God's just an afterthought. He's not priority in your life. Neither are you repentant about it. You come into the house of God. God, show me what you got. Such is not the attitude that God will honor, brothers and sisters. Such is not the attitude of faith. The attitude of faith says, God, I seek you first. That's the attitude of faith. That's the kind of heart that God's attracted to. Hallelujah. God doesn't like being number two. I'm telling you right now, Erin does not like being number two. Hallelujah. She's the only woman in my life. And it needs to be that way. And that's the marriage analogy that God uses in his relationship with us. There can be no other God. No idols before you. No other God before you. God says, I'm a jealous God. I am your only marriage partner. And I, I understand that a lot more now. Because man, I see Aaron, hallelujah. And even if I like, even talk about another girl, man, she was cute or she dressed nice today. She'd be like, what do you mean by that? And in the beginning, it was, I think it was a lot more extreme than, than it is now. She's a, she's, a, she's a little more secure and know that I'm not going to leave her and stuff. But hallelujah. But I mean, that temptation, I guess, is real for every man. Every married man, there is a real temptation uh, to, to go after an adulterous relationship. You know, I don't think anyone is immune to that, even including myself. You need to always keep our hearts guarded. You need to always keep your eyes pure. The eye gate needs to be pure for a man. That's the most vulnerable way for lust to get in. Hallelujah, man, I know, I see her, man. She's like, I am your one and only wife. I am the number one woman in your life. And you better get that straight. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
But that's what God does in our life. That's what he does in our relationship with him. He says, I am the Lord your God. I want you to seek me first. You're seeking me, but why do you keep seeking me? Seventh. (laughs) Hallelujah. I think God's been saying that to me uh, a few times lately. Because, you know, sometimes, hallelujah, you know, and I, and this is something I was sharing with my missions team yesterday. And, and I'm the pastor, and hallelujah, you know. You think the pastor's got it all together. But you know what? Pastors are, are also have their weaknesses and failures. And, and yeah, you know, I need to seek God first, you know. But sometimes, man, I will seek God just for the sermon prep. And I confess. Right? And that's not right. That's, that pattern's got to break. And that is something that I'm repentant before God about and asking him for his grace to break. But, you know, you can't just go to God for sermon prep. That's like seeking God seventh, right? Because six days of the week, I'm doing everything else. And, I, and sometimes people in ministry, they equi- make ministry work equivalent with seeking God. But it's not. Doing ministry work does not necessarily relate to nurturing your relationship with God and seeking his righteousness. It's, it could be all about seeking your success or seeking your church's success or seeking or seeking to not be embarrassed or something like that. You know, there's different things that could drive you, insecurities, you know. So, I mean, I feel like God's like, I need to be number one. Seek me first, not seventh. And I'm, I'm Lord, I'm sorry. But can you help me out again for this sermon? <laughs> Now, hallelujah, God's grace is available to us through Christ. Hallelujah. What would you want me to get up here and like, and look dumbfounded, right? Come up, come up here empty, hallelujah. No. And I'm going to approach the throne of grace with confidence, with boldness, hallelujah. That's what grace is about. But yeah, he wants me to seek him first. And I truly am starting to think, man, God's kind of like telling me, uh, I need you to get your house in order. I need you to get your act together, Pastor Christian. Hallelujah. God never calls me Pastor Christian. (laughs) Come on, son. Get your act together. Put your house in order. Seek me first. There are certain things that I want to fill the house of JSCM with. I want to fill and pour out onto JSCM, your people, your congregation, the people that you're shepherding. I want to pour it out. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. I will fill that church but you got the hunger i need to see more hunger from these leaders i feel like that iron chef you coming in here with all those pretzel stuff and you you ask what come on i gotta be number one i gotta be hallelujah the appetizer main course and the dessert hallelujah and and the glass of wine hallelujah i got to be everything i gotta be number one I got to be Ircha, not Icha. Hallelujah. You got to come to me first. I mean, come on. Come on, brothers and sisters. If you go out on a nice dinner, you don't go to Starbucks first. You go to the nice restaurant first. Hallelujah. God's like, come on. The banqueting table is ready. There's a feast waiting for you. But you got to come to this feast hungry. Come on, when you guys go to a buffet, you make sure you don't eat that much that day. Even if there's free food available, you don't eat that much. Why? Because you want to go to a buffet hungry. Hallelujah, amen? You don't want to go up to the buffet line once. 
You want to hit that joint twice, three times? Some people, they scout out the buffet line just to see what's all up, right? Because they don't want to start out on one end and then end up at the other and then find out the good food is at the end, other end and then there's no real estate on the plate no more. Hallelujah, right? Some people scout that joint out. You got to go to the buffet hungry. You got to go to God hungry. There is no other way. So God's asking you, are you hungry for me? Are you hungering for me? If you will hunger, I will fill you. If you will seek me first, I will provide for you. But where is the hunger? And sometimes if you are not hungry, you got to ask God, God, cause me to hunger. Like you caused the Israelites to hunger. Cause me to hunger for you, God. Cause me to hunger for you so much that my flesh feels it. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know, when people are so filled with the Spirit, their flesh will will quake, will shake. And it will continue to shake until they have their time in the presence of the Lord. Until they have their time with the Word of God. And that's like a psalmist who says, my heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God. I mean, I mean I'm telling you, it's not just like, Figurative. I mean, it's like literal. My flesh cries out for you. God, cause me to hunger. That I can even feel it in my bones, in my, in my stomach. God, make my stomach like hurt like it hurts when I'm fasting. If I don't eat your word for a few days, then make it hurt, Lord. Anything so that I will feel and I will go to you, God, and depend upon you. Hallelujah. Now, I got an email Last night from uh, Andres Bisoni. You know, we've been uh, setting him up to come out to Korea in May. Uh, Andres Bisoni is a, uh, he's a healing evangelist. He's a healing evangelist. And if you go to his website, uh, abm.cc, andresbisonisministries.cc, abm.cc, he's got all these videos up. And somehow one day I stumbled upon his videos and then I emailed him and was, I wanted to ask if he'd be willing to come out to Korea. He said yes. And then we've been praying for the last 10 months about bringing him out. And finally, last month, plans got solidified. So he's excited. We're booking his ticket. He's on his way. And so now we're, we're seeking to find a venue. He wants to minister to, uh, to the Korean natives. He also uh, said he'd be willing to minister to an English-speaking uh, crowd. Uh, and he's going to come. He's gonna, healing's going to take place, you know. I mean, every place he goes to, Israel, Cuba. He's been to Cuba. Come on. Not many healing evangelists. You never spend the last time you've seen Benny Hinn go to Cuba. Uh, this guy, Andres Bisoni, he's a, he's a Latino. Hallelujah. So he can speak Spanish, English. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, well, he'll be preaching in English, I'm pretty sure, here. Unless, unless somebody can translate in Spanish. But uh, hallelujah. But he'll be coming. And there's going to be miracles, healing, revival is going to take place. And he does it every place he goes. And I wanna, when he comes, I want to pick at his brain. I want to be like, man, what's your secret, brother? What do you do? What do you drink? <laughs> what kind of clothes do you wear? What's the brand, name brand? I, I just want to like just pick at his brain, see what he's all about. And without picking his brain, God already gave me revelation. He sent me an email last night. We're talking about his schedule. And he said, and I had suggested that we have a uh, prayer meeting with some like, English ministry leaders, if he'd be willing to do that on Saturday afternoon. Right? This is what he said. He said, I would love to meet with those leaders and pray with them. But I would, I, would, I would ask you to keep my Saturday afternoon free because I like spending that time before ministering in the presence of the Holy Spirit.
I'm going to the Philippines today. And a couple of weeks, I'm going to go to Australia to, to be a guest speaker at a retreat there. And they're excited to, to, to have me, you know. And Aaron and I, we're going to go, we're going to prophesy, we're going to preach, we're going to minister, we're going to lay hands. God's going to do a mighty work. But man, if I do what Andres Bisoni does, you know, when's the last, I, I did not email Australia and be like, yo, I keep my Friday afternoon free. Now I was like, yo, take me out, get, get me some of the kangaroo meat, you know. I was like, yo, make sure my schedule's filled, you know. I didn't say keep my schedule free so I can spend it. I love spending that time with the Holy Spirit. I've been in the lie. Because that's not where I'm at. But that's where Andres Pistoni does. That's where he's at. That's, a secret. that's one of his secrets, I bet. Because in Benny Hinn's book, The Anointing, he talks about all that. Benny Hinn, you know, you see a lot of powerful things happen. You know, that's because before any conference, he'll spend like hours, like five, six hours just in the presence of God. And, that's, and you know, you'd be like, whoa, I got a job, man. I can't be doing that. All right, maybe you can't spend five, six hours, but, you know, but, you know, just even 30 minutes, an hour, just in the presence of God, just praying, you know, just praying in your love language or prayer language, you know, or, or just worshiping God with some worship music and just reading his word and with worship music on and just like just soaking in, just being, talking to God and be like, God, say something to me. And then just like, just like listening, you know, you think about it. If the devil can throw thoughts into your brain, negative thoughts, God can also throw positive thoughts in your brain. And you have an ability to hear the voice of God more than you know. Jesus said, I know my sheep, my sheep know my voice. You don't have to hear audible voice necessarily or see an angel speak to you. God can just, boom, he'll just throw it right into your spirit. The devil does it all the time. That means you can also hear it from the spirit of God. But a lot of times we think, oh, yeah, those are just positive thoughts. Uh, must have been me, you know. And you give all yourself all the credit. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's the voice of God. And some of you have a prophetic calling. And you hear actually more weirder things. And that's actually the gift of prophecy or the prophetic giftings. When it's more weird and more odd sounding, that's usually more, more God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because he don't, want, he don't want to tell you something you already know. When, with the prophetic, people who have a prophetic calling, he tells you things that just like, what? Are you, what? Is that God? And then you have to like confirm it with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, Andres Bisoni, spending just hours in the presence of God. What's that? What's that? What do you come down to? It just means he hungers for God. He hungers for God first. And so what does God do? God fills him with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that when he you watch his videos, he doesn't even touch people. You know, man, sometimes, you know, I remember a couple Saturdays ago at the Kingdom First prayer meeting. Man, I was praying for people. And some people, man, they, they were just so hungry. They are so hungry, they will, pull the, they will pull the anointing of God right out of me. You know, and there's a measure of anointing that I, can, I, I operate through. And sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down. But you know, sometimes some people are so hungry, they just be there and then I'll go, whoa, whoa. And they just pull it. I don't even like, I like barely touch them and, they, and they're on the ground. Because the power of God's all over them. And some people, they're hungry and they're receiving something. And then, and then I can see them doubting. They'd be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. How come nothing's happening? How come I'm not falling? How come I'm not shaking? How come I'm not praying in tongue? And I'm thinking, well, brother, you're hungry. Just keep that hunger. You receive, just receive it. You're getting, you're getting the spirit. The spirit is an invisible realm. You're getting something right now. Just receive it. And so I'll just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Receive it. Receive it, brother. Receive it, brother. And the brother will be like, okay, okay. I'll raise your hands higher. Raise your hands higher. Receive, receive it. Hallelujah. But, you know, some of those people, I have to go up there and I have to like pray up a storm. 
because I wanted God to fill them. But I look at Andres Bisoni's videos. He is so filled with the Spirit of God, he doesn't even touch people. He'll just, he'll just, and the person's like way, like way over here, he'll just go, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Boom, person falls to the ground. And I'll be like, oh, what's your testimony? Oh, I had an arm, pain in my right, left arm, and it got healed while you were praying out there. And he's like, oh, that's Jesus, that's the power, hallelujah. <sighs> and all of a sudden, ah! person looks like they got electrocuted, falls to the ground on the power of God. Crying, tears all over. Man, Andre Bissoni, man, he is filled with the anointing. He's got that anointing that's flowing through him. Why? Why? Because he's hungry. Because he's hungry. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, get hungry for the Lord. He will fill you up. He'll bless you. Not only that, he'll bless you to make you a blessing. You will be so filled with the anointing. When you have small group with your small group members, your small group member may have a hard, terrible week. Made all kinds of stumblings and mistakes. But when you meet together and you pray together, and all of a sudden you just say, hallelujah. That's all, all it takes. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit comes. Whoa! He just praised me. Oh, he's hungry. Oh, that small group leader, he's so hungry. Let me, let me help him out right here. And, and then you just, you just say, Lord, bless my small group member. Touch him right now. And just that all it takes. And the Holy Spirit touches that person. <laughs> You're like, oh, hallelujah. And the person feels so much better. And they're just like, wow, man, there's something that just lifted right off of me. And he's like, hey, hey, brother, read the word of God this week. The word of God will be a lamp to your feet. Read it to this week. And the person actually does it. Why? Because that's the spirit of God. The anointing is flowing through you. When the, where the spirit of God is, there's freedom. Where the spirit of God is, there's life. And we are to be trees of life. But hallelujah, we got to get hungry first. Let's pray. Lord God, we just seek you. And we want to seek you first, God. It says in your word in Deuteronomy, you will seek me and find me if you seek me with all your heart. And God, Lord, a lot of times we confess that, Lord, we don't seek you with all our hearts. We've been just seeking you with a small proportion of it. And we confess that, God, we don't always seek you first. We, always, we seek you like fifth or sixth or seventh or tenth. God, we confess that, God, that we have trouble putting you first. But, God, Lord, our hearts cry today and our prayer today. Lord, we pray that you will grant us that hunger. Work in us by your grace. So that we will always pursue to put you first. To hunger after you with all our heart. For it says in your word, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. God, we want to be filled, Lord. We want to be filled, Lord. We want to be filled, Lord. So cause us to hunger. So that God, that you will be pleased to fill us. Cause us to hunger, God. So that you will be pleased to fill us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, let's just take this time. And let's just seek the Lord our God. 
Seek me, and you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. Perhaps your spiritual walk has felt dry, or it's been difficult, or you felt you feel distant from God. It looks like you're doing all the right things, but you still feel distant from God. Perhaps the answer is you need a greater hunger for God. God wants you to come to the banqueting table hungry, hungry. He wants you to come seeking Him first. Number one, there is no other place God can be but number one. We are to rejoice in the Lord our God. We are to bless the name of the Lord our God. We are to put Him number one. Hallelujah. What is this? Is God desires to fill you. But He wants to see a hunger in us. And sometimes that's why, that's why in faith we just pray. Sometimes we pray in tongues. And the reason we pray in tongues is because God, we're just saying to God, God, Lord, I ain't feeling it today. My emotions aren't there. My heart's not there. But God, Lord, in faith, God, Lord, I just want to pray and call out to you. In faith, oh God, Lord, I want you to fill me with your spirit right now. In faith, oh God, Lord, I want to lift up this prayer, oh God, Lord, in this language, oh God, that I don't even understand. But God, Lord, this is my expression of hunger, God, Lord. I want to call upon you. I want to seek you with all my heart. I want to put you number one, oh God, Lord. And I believe and I trust your word that if I seek in hunger and I thirst for you, indeed you will fill me to overflowing, oh God, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's take this time, brothers and sisters. Let's call out to the name of the Lord our God. Let's call out to the Lord our God with a new hunger, with a fresh hunger, trusting that He will give us a fresh feeling. Hallelujah. Let's pray.